rip it up the freaking rip it up the slopes on my board, but you know, I look, I, like I told my wife, I'm like, give me an hour, give me two hours on the board, that's good. Then I'm ready to get on with my day, whatever. So I got your message. I hop on the treddy tread, and uh, man, I just kept going. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I did a marathon last weekend, so. The whole thing was, once I started going, I'm like, man, I'm just going to keep taking it up. And then, um, dude, I'm looking at it right now. So there's my treadmill right there. I'm in a sauna. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I, I'm at 27.4. And every now and again, you know, like, you got to understand. You got to know your limits and you got to listen to your body. And you got to realize it. And don't get me wrong, dude. I could run, I could run 50, right? It doesn't. But it's it's not at this point it's not gonna be beneficial miles for me. It would just be junk miles and getting them done. So this was good to get this in a base, uh whatever. I got a hundred K coming up. So when are you doing that? That also uh, dude, it's I I saw your thing, it's February twenty. Mine's February seventeenth in Arizona. Where in Arizona? And what are you doing February where what are you possibly doing on on the twentieth? It's Antelope Canyon, man. The Antelope Canyon, uh, there's a 50K, there's a 100K, there's uh, all that. Up there, it's Antelope Canyons on the border of Arizona, Utah. It's in the middle of the week? No, I'm going to, I am going to Antelope Canyon the 22nd, 23rd. The race is the 24th. Okay, it's the next weekend. Yeah, fuck, come on, man. Double it up. Let's go. Bro, bro, I like where your head is. That's all right. You know what? You know what's funny is that this is what people don't understand, BK. Let me tell you something. Like, our bodies, we're, we're capable of so much more than what we believe. But you also have to understand, if you want to go out and race something, and you want to lay it on the line, you're doing some serious damage to your body, and you need to allow it to recover, right? So my best example is last weekend, I went and raced the marathon, and I raced it. So today, at no point was it like, okay, I'm going to run. It's, look, let's run slow. Let's chill. You know, I ran seven-minute miles last week, and I ran 10-minute miles today. So, obviously a big difference. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, good to get back in the saddle. Yeah, man. So, so like, what are you – on a scale of one to ten, soreness. Like, uh, ten, I can't hardly walk. I just finished the Western States 100 which I watched Diamond to the Rough last night. It got me pumped up. I've been pumping up Diamond to the Rough, and uh, people need to go and watch that, man. And I told them, I said, if you pay to get Diamond to the Rough and it doesn't change your life, then I will refund you over Venmo. Check that shit out. Yeah, it's, it was funny because when we, when we made it, <laughs> we didn't really know what it was going to be. And then I think once we had just all the raw footage and we started looking at it, we realized that there's a lot more there. And – you know, I think in a lot of ways, it's, it's interesting just because it's sort of an interesting story. Um, there hasn't been a, a former mainstream professional athlete to ever do the Western States 100. And, uh, you know, it's sort of a really big transition. And the, and the reason why you haven't seen somebody do it is because you have to become completely vulnerable and okay with not being the best and being comfortable with failure and being comfortable with hurting uh for an extended amount of time and knowing that there's not a dollar or cent uh waiting at the end of the rainbow for you so you know i think those messages were, were 
were passed on, um, you know, and then a lot of the cool stuff with, with the race. I mean, it's just such an epic race. It started as a horse race. I uh, called the Tevis Cup, and it was a 100-mile race from Squaw Valley to the historic gold mining town of Auburn. And basically what happened is there's a marathoner dude, Gordy Ainsley, right? And this guy's horse goes lame at mile 30 one year. And this is like 1974. Horse goes lame at mile 30. So what does he do? He runs the rest of the way. And he finishes in, you know, way over 24 hours. But the next year, he showed up on the start line without the horse. And he wanted to see if he could finish in 24 hours because that was the allotted time that you had to finish this race. And 23 hours and 50 minutes later, Gordy crossed the finish line. And then that was pretty much the birth of modern-day ultra running as we know it. So... Hmm. Pretty cool, man. I mean, it's again, like, you know, there's some, I get, there are a couple messages in there too that I didn't think it'd go that deep, but with my family and my kids and um, just, you know, I think that at the end of the day, the overall concept, just fucking do something. Get your ass out of bed, get your, get your ass off the couch, whatever it is, do something, be active. I can show you charts. I've been doing a little bit of research on this lately, like crazy charts that show uh, brain activity with exercise. I just watched a TED talk on it. Marilio Pezzo had a good one. And she was just talking about walking and what walking does for the brain. So they put, you know, these subjects on the treadmill and they just walked at a leisurely pace for, you know, let's just call it like 20 minutes. And they were given a subject and, you know, let's just say that subject was, it, it was a key. I actually remember that from the talk. And the, the question was, how many different things can you do with a key? Start walking, go. And then when you get off the treadmill, tell me the different things you can do. And basically the two groups, one that walks for 40 or one that walks for 20, uh, and then one that didn't walk at all. And the ones that didn't walk at all came up with like 20 different ways to do it in the 20 minutes to do something with the key. And those on the treadmill came up with 40. Hmm. So, and it's, you know, it, look, it's just not this crazy scientific experiment or anything, but just goes to show you that what you and I both know, we just function better when we're moving, man, and going. And it allows me to be a better uh, father, husband, baseball analyst, like locking with other people, and um, so that's yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. You know, you, you're a little bit in and out right now, and uh, I know you're probably up in the middle of the woods in Tahoe. But I, the one thing I tell you what, Eric, I wanted you to talk on real quick. Last question. I know you're in a sauna. I don't want you to pass out in there. Uh, is last question here is, you know, the first time I watched Diamond of the Rough, um, you know, I was getting, I think we had just met and did the first podcast that we did. And, you know, now having gotten to know you kind of over the last two years, a little bit better, but meet your family, you know, one of the things that I saw when I watched it last night, getting kind of my mind right for the race was when they asked you the question about like, you know, how your daughter said to you, hey, dad, when I turn 40, I want to do the Western States 100. And you could tell you that you got emotional at that moment. What, 
how does as a father for the people that are listening to this who are going who are going to have children whether they're their own children or other people's children that they coach how does that coach or that husband i mean that father that mother how does them having an active lifestyle impact the young people and why is that so important well we we know that young people are very impressionable right but as they get a little bit older i think that um they start to formulate their own opinions and whatnot. So, you know, when I look at parenting, must be that Tahoe Wi-Fi. Shit. I figured something like something like that had happened. You're going in and out. The iPhone overheated. So now you're in the spot. Tell, so I'm going to come back to my question. I'd ask you to finish up. Okay. It was really good. But before we go back to that question uh, about the, about father and coach and role modeling. Now I noticed you ran 30 miles today on a treadmill and not, you went sauna. Now you're hot tub. <laughs> Why the sauna on hot tub? Is that some sort of recovery or is it just something that you like doing? Yeah, just to get a little stretching in the sauna. It's move around a little bit. Um, you know, typically don't overdo it, like on long days. But, like, I'll get in there on a normal day and I'll do, I'll do all my core work in there. And I even have my foam roller in there. And I have, like, a little ball, a little massage ball that I'll work out the, the back or the hip or whatever. I mean, it's all, it's all maintenance, dude, you know that, like, it's, you know, there's a lot that goes in to sort of live in this sort of active lifestyle, but the cool thing is, is that, like, you buy in, it's not, I don't look at this as work, you know, at all, I, I dude, like, it's, it's not, it's not about that, it's about doing something that you love, and, and, uh, and, and basically trying to be the master of your craft, right, you know, you don't have to master the craft, but, you know, in, in your, in your world, you know, how, the question then becomes, how good can I be? Um, it's not, you know, you get in these competitions and stuff, and it's, yeah, you, you get the juices flowing a little bit, but for the most part, it's, dude, it's, it, it's, you know, a constant battle with yourself, and, and, and you're essentially doing everything you can to push yourself to, to find your limit, and, and, you know, I think that's just all kind of part of the process. How is the how is the mindset for you in ultra like different than baseball? Because in baseball you're trying to beat the hitter or you're trying to beat the pitcher. You know, is it different in ultra that it's just about you trying to be better than you were yesterday? Yeah, but it's also about trying to figure out ways to get through the dark periods because you might not always be better than you were the day before. I mean, that's you know, it's great in theory that we're gonna we're gonna strive to you know, be better than the day before. And, um, like it, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I just think the biggest thing is, and, and I'm not saying you can't because you obviously can get better and, 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 you know, you, you continue to strive for something and you, know, I'm the firmest believer that you get out what you put in. So if you're willing to put in the work eventually, you know, you, you're going to get better, but, you're not get you're not getting better day to day. That's the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard. It's like, you know, people say like you're getting better, you're getting worse, or you know, what are you're staying the same? Like, uh, uh-uh. uh you know, they, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into that. And I'll, I'll tell you why because a lot of times your failures are are what propel you to learn. And the question then becomes: Are you celebrating your failures or? Are you running from them? Are are you letting your failures drag you down? Um, are are you are you 
you know, is it just destroying your, your self-confidence? Are you saying, fuck it? You know what? I don't give a shit. I'm going to fail and I'm going to be better because of it. And I'm going to take every, every lesson that I've learned through my failures and, and I'm going to apply them to getting better in the future. So, you know, I guess in that, in that sense, if you look at it, yeah, but it's just the, the, the concept that we have to one up each other each and every single day. And not only one up each other, but one up yourself every day. Yeah. It's, that's, I think that's sort of a, um, a dangerous predicament right there. Sounds like it's more about just showing up consistently and doing the work, pushing the rock. That's it, man. It, it, and, that's, and that's what I told you before the Ironman stuff, dude. That's what I told you before the ultras. Like, you know, what do you want out of this? Are you a one-and-done guy or, you know, do you want to get into this? Or, you, you know, do you enjoy it? You know, how, how is your, the training process then? And, you know, those, those who enjoy it, those who enjoy the process are the ones who have success at it. Those are the ones who, you know, typically are, are the best at it too. So. You have to uh, completely immerse yourself in the process and the day-to-day activity of, of whatever you're doing. And, and I don't, you know, look, man, I, I'm, I don't tell people to go out and do Ironmans. I don't tell people to go out and do ultras. Um, you know, I, your passion may be pickup basketball. I, I don't know. Your passion may be slow-pitch softball. Your passion, you know, you may be still in college grinding away and, you know, chasing the dream. Uh, you might be in the big leagues, whatever it is, but, you know, the one thing I can say through my big league experience, um, man, I, I, if I were – and you probably hear this all the time, if I were to do it over. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, there's, there's not a single thing I regret doing. But you look back and you say, okay, what could have I done differently? And I think, like, the number one thing would have been just to – Take a deep breath and really, really enjoy the process of being there. Really enjoy what's going on. Not taking anything for granted. Not, you know, becoming grinded out by, you know, the, the season or playing time or anything else like that. Like, you know, just really, really taking all of the elements that come with playing Major League Baseball and and, and enjoyed it. And people tell you that all the time. Most people will say, yeah, it's, you know, as far as like, hey, how, how great was it? How much did you enjoy it? Look, man, when you're striving to be the best, when, when, you know, you have millions of dollars on the line on a nightly basis and you're going out there and, and you know what's at stake, like it, it's sometimes it can be tough to enjoy. But guess what? If you want to get the most out of your ability, you have to enjoy it. You have to love it. And, and most importantly, you have to love the process. And in loving the process is immersing yourself to the process, looking around, right? You know, run, running your feet through the snow and smelling the air. I mean, this is, this, yeah, like bring yourself to the moment because I think too often we get caught up in the rat race. Totally. It's like being, being able to, like when you're in the, in the documentary, you know, you're running and you're looking and there's a lake down there on the left and the sun's out and you're seeing the beauty of, of running the Western States 100 and then you eat shit, you know, and it's kind of like that reminder that, Hey, you can be in the moment and you can enjoy the moment, but you also got to like pay attention to what's going on around you, you know? Yeah, no, it's true, man. And, and 
you know, I, I think I think that's good though. I and mean, that was that was exactly what you said. That was a that was a, <clears throat> a great little reminder for me that you know you take the moment, you take it in, uh, but you don't you don't forget that there's there's a job to do, mm-hmm. right? And so, but there's a balance between the two. Totally. There, 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 there's a really good balance between the two. And, and I think anyone who's ever felt that flow state or been in the zone, you know, where everything kind of seems to slow down, you know, I, I think that's the ideal state that we all want to, we all want to achieve. Um, but, if, you know, I, I think the greatest players that I ever saw and the greatest at their craft are not what the players do when they're in the zone. It, it's, it's what they're doing you know, with the 90% of, of, of the other time when they're not. Hmm. Uh, it's the, the zone's just for an extended period of time um, has been proven. But, you know, at, at what level are you able to uh, have success when you're, at, when you're outside of that? It's like it's the idea that you right raising the basement. So, like, it, most people think they want to raise the roof and take their, their high performance to a higher level when in actuality – taking your basement and raising it to a higher level so that when you sink and you're struggling, you struggle less than maybe you normally would. It's like raising. Well, that, if, you, if you go back and look at my career, that's what, that's what screwed me. It, it, it was, I would be in the zone and then what happens and, and it, it ha, it's, it's only natural. <laughs> it happens to everybody. But you know, the baseball analogy is like, man, yeah, the game's in slow motion. I'm I'm seeing the ball real well, and I what is what does that what does that make you do? It makes you swing at everything because you think you can hit everything. So then all of a sudden, you know, you're in the zone, and then all of a sudden you're you're chasing bad balls, and you're putting yourself in tough counts and and whatnot. Where you know, really, if you're in the zone, I mean that that's a time to be overly selective, which wasn't necessarily you know what I would do when I when I was there. It was just like, man, you give me a pitch to hit, I, I know I'm going to crush it. But you got to be able to, um, yeah, you, you got you got to be able to to really master that the I think that basement level that you talked about, dude. Like, you know, what are you gonna? Where's your basement? I mean, my basement was low, uh, really low. And so I, I mean, I'd go from being the best player in the game for two weeks to the worst for the next two. And you know, overall, I had a pretty. I think at the end of the day, too, I'm also proud of the fact that I put my nuts on the line, night in and night out, and I give it everything. I, that's all. That's all that matters. And you know, I, I think people used to say baseball is life. And I, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Too. Baseball's not life, and whatever your sport is is not life, right? You know, life. Life is what just like you watching the doc. You know what? You know what the fuck life is. Yeah, you saw what life is, yeah, and yeah. that's you know when you when you start talking about your kids and um, you know baseball's a chapter in life and your sports a chapter in life, but you know guess what ultimately it's going to be done. So do you want to put every single egg you have in that basket when it's done? You you, you become a basket case and, and and fall off the edge of the earth because I've seen it, and it's it's ugly. Um, you know, I, I think maybe because I was never good enough um, to believe that, hey, I was going to play forever. I, I always had this vision of doing other things in my life. And, and, you know, I looked forward to the day that baseball was done. And, you know, it, it's just it's a fine line, though, bro, because when you're there, 
you got it. You have to put everything you have into it, right? Um, and, you know, when it's over, hey, I was all in, then I was all out. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. You know, the last question here, and it was kind of where we got cut off when you were in the sauna on the phone overheated, was, you know, in the documentary, I think that, that the thing I missed the first time but, but saw last night was when your daughter, I think it was Chloe, maybe said, hey, Dad, when I turn 40, I want to run the Western States 100 like you. And, you know, you get emotional in the, in the documentary when, that, when, when you're talking about that. And it's, I think, important for the listeners to this podcast, to you talking right now, understand the importance of movement modeling healthy choices and lifestyles for their children or for the athletes that call them coach would you talk about that and why that's important and why you got so emotional in that moment well I, like i was telling you earlier i you know i think your window is um it's just not necessarily huge in in, in which case your, your kids are very uh where it's very easy to influence them I, it's you'll probably right up to about 10 and, and you know, I, I mean, I could see it now. I have a nine year old, I have a nine, nine, seven and six and you know, they become their own people and they formulate their own opinions. Uh, you know, they're going to have attitudes that they're going to have. And don't get me wrong. Look, man, they're, they're you know, my, my girl's nine and, and they're, they're dealing with hormones every which direction. So you also have to understand that when, you know, when raising kids. Um, but I think ultimately, my goal was just to let them see me do something. Let them see me go out, just talk about accomplishing something, but actually go out and do it. And, you know, I played 11 seasons of Major League Baseball, and my, my oldest was – was born and my second came, I think right about the time I got done in 2010, it was actually right after, but man, like, you know, they don't really know me as a baseball player. They get to see me on TV and I think they enjoy that when I'm crashing into walls and running over things and doing flips in studio 42. Uh, but you know, when it comes to the, the, the physical thing, it's like each and every morning, you know, when they see me get up and go, I think they take something from it. And, and it's, it's not always, but I, I really feel like, you know, the three of them, for example, charge out of the house this morning by 745 to hit the slopes. They all had ski team today. But I think that, you know, you as a parent, you have an obligation to lead by example. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing to tell your kids something. and It's another thing to show them something. And the Western States, I think, was so far-fetched for, for – I think it's far-fetched for the general public to understand it. And, and so it's obviously far-fetched for the kids to conceptualize what actually running 100 miles, you know, is. Um, and so I knew that going in. And, and I just also knew that, you know, even one of the reasons for the documentary, probably the main reason for the documentary – is that this is something that my kids could have and, and hopefully one day uh, show their kids and, and you know, use this as a, as a motivational tool for, for them to, to get up and, and do something and, and challenge themselves and push the limits in their life. So when, uh, 
when Callie, who, man, at the time, I think she was five, you know, five or six. But, you know, when I, when I got done with the race and, and I'm sitting there and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just torched, man. Like you, 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 you imagine, you know, you ran 30 something miles today. So give body feel like you're running off adrenaline right now. Right. And, uh, you know, eventually it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna hit you. Well, it, it had hit me at this point. And, you know, I had a Sierra Nevada. I was sitting in a lawn chair. I, I was, I was absolutely wrecked. My feet were wrecked. Um, you know, and I was, I was done. And she comes over to me and she just kind of like curls up in my arms and she says, daddy, when I'm 40 years old, I'm going to run the Western States 100. And it was just like, dude, I, I, I lost it then. I, I, I lost it when, um, you know, when I was talking about it in the movie and it, it's just, that, that, that was, that was, that's what I wanted to accomplish. That was it. And I didn't know, I didn't know what I was wanted to accomplish and, and I would have been okay, you know, without it. To hear my daughter say that, it just lets me know that I was able to have that influence to, to basically allow her to challenge herself. You know what? It has nothing to do with her running the Western States 140. It has everything to do with her going out and watching her dad put himself through the ringer and, you know, 22 hours of, of, of straight. And I don't want to say straight, whatever. Like, look, man, you get through these races because you prepare for these races. So, you know, for Western sense, I was prepared. Uh, but it doesn't take away the fact that it's, it's pretty gnarly, dude. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Eric Burns taking time out of the sauna, taking time out of the hot tub to join us here on the podcast. Eric, for all the uh, uh, people that are listening to this, they're fans of yours, the easiest place for them to engage with you on, on Instagram. Uh, what, is, is it at eburns22? Is that the Instagram handle? Yeah, I think at eburns22 on IG. Um, Twitter? Burn, yeah, burns22 on Twitter. Look, dude. If anyone watching this or anyone seeing this, just go watch Diamond of the Rough. I don't, I don't give a shit if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter or any of that. Like, it's, that's cool. And, and you'll get some day-to-day funny, <laughs> funny stuff that happened though, in my life. But, you know, the one thing um, that I'm really proud of with the documentary is that I think, you know, someone can watch that and take something from it that they'll be able to go ahead and apply to their lives. There's no question. No question there. Eric, people can check out. Just go to Google, type in Eric Burns, Diamond to the Rough. We'll put the link here in the show notes as well, man. I appreciate you just absolutely jumping on on a whim. I sent you a random text that, hey, uh, what are you doing? And you said, I'm running 30 miles on a treadmill, and here you are now talking to us outside standing in the snow. So go get Bro, don't, don't kid yourself. You sent me a text saying you went 32. And then you motivated me to get my ass on that treadmill and run 30 myself. Uh, yeah, most people get motivated to go run five, and you put in 30. I love it, man. Hey, I appreciate you being with us, Eric. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a positive review or share a link to this episode on social media using hashtag PeakPod. 
Mention Brian Kane and one thing you learn in this episode for your chance to win a free ticket to the next Brian Kane Experience live event. Dominate the day.